known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the Good News Show as we get towards the end of August. Hard to believe. Uh, got a little rain yesterday. That was kind of a nice surprise. We've never been so excited to get rain. It's been so hot, so dry for so long. And uh, finally, a little bit of a respite. And so, uh, anyways, welcome to the show. This is a program where we like to talk about good things happening here in the North Texas Catholic world, the Dallas and also the Fort Worth Diocese. And we've got a busy show for you. In just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to win a couple of tickets to the Fullness of Truth event that's happening at the end of September into October. And it's going to be at the Kalahari Resort and Convention Center. It's called Spiritual Warfare, the Rules of Engagement, okay? And these tickets are $130 each. And all you got to do, if you want two tickets, because I want you to have a little bit of, uh, you know, knowledge or interest in this, if you can tell me who the keynote speaker of that event is going to be. It's a very well-known uh, priest. I'll give you that, okay? <laughs> give you that hint. If you know uh, who the speaker is, I'll give you two tickets to that event. Spiritual Warfare, the Rules of Engagement, September 29th through October 1st at the really nice Kalahari Resort and Convention Center in Round Rock, Texas, okay? The phone number is 877-757-9424, and you will talk to Cecil. And she will take your call, and uh, you got to know who the keynote speaker is. Jesse Romero is going to be. There's a lot of good speakers, but this is a priest, and he's a well-known um, exorcist. Okay, I'm giving away so many hints, aren't I? I was like, um, Dave, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anything else. All right, uh, so 877-757-9424. In the second half of the program, I do want to thank uh, Claire Venegas. Uh, she is the Director of Communications for the University of Dallas and uh, a VP over there as well. And she has arranged for Dr. Matt Walls to come into studio with me. And uh, this is really interesting because, you know, we're in the Eucharistic revival period and they have a lecture series that is going to begin at the end of September and go all the way through next spring, April 11th. And it's called the Adoro Tay Lecture Series. And uh, they're going to have philosophical reflections, theological reflections, medieval reflections, poetic reflections, all kinds of good stuff by professors at UD. Okay, so uh, Dr. Wallace is going to be one of the speakers, but uh, how timely and how interesting that this is going to be. So these are going to be going on at UD. It's open to the public uh, beginning September 28th. So Dr. Wallace is going to tell us all about that in the second segment. And I'm very excited because I am just surrounded uh, by wonderful people here in our new studio. And you might be familiar because we have talked about this a lot over the last 10 years or so that every year the Diocese of Dallas has what's called a Bishop's Invitational Golf Tournament. And the purpose of it is to raise money to help families who might otherwise not be able to send their kids to a Catholic school, send their kids to a Catholic school. You know, I'm a product of uh, Catholic schools. In fact, I'm so excited about this. 
two of our guests who are the chairs of this event, I graduated Jesuit Nurson with, me Jesuit, of course. Um, Peter and uh, Kara Gian are here. And uh, also uh, we have Kelly Halashin, who is the Director of Development for the Catholic Diocese of Dallas, and also Ra- Robin Trowbridge, Associate Director of Events and Stewardship for the Diocese of Dallas. So if you're a golfer or if you just want to support uh, families who want a Catholic education, otherwise may not be able to afford it, stay tuned. We'll have that segment here in about 10 minutes. So looking forward to that. We'll also be broadcasting live. It's a new location, and we'll tell you all about that. Uh, the date is Monday, October 30th, so it's still a ways off, but uh, good to plan on that. Do we have a winner yet, Cecil? Not yet. Not My yet. phone is quiet over here. Okay, interesting. All right, so uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make it even easier on you, <laughs> okay, as if that would be possible, Okay. Uh, if you would like a couple of tickets to the Spiritual Warfare, the Rules of Engagement event, this is a three-day conference. You're going to have to get the lodging on your own, but the tickets are $130, okay? The keynote speaker is Father Chad Ripperger, okay? He's a well-known exorcist and demonologist, and it's going to be a really, I'm going to emcee the event, and so it's going to be a really neat uh, event. Uh, 877-757-757. 9424, if you can go to that, okay? September 29th through October 1st in, right outside of Austin, uh, Spiritual Warfare, the Rules of Engagement. Father Chad Ripperger is going to be one of the speakers. 877-757-9424. The other thing that we have, do you got to go? You got to take a call? Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, two weeks from tomorrow is going to be our fall share-a-thon. And uh, the theme is Source and Summit, so we're going to have a uh, theme of the Eucharist, okay, as we've been doing for the last year or so. I'm really excited. Uh, tomorrow, I get a chance to interview uh, Father John Ricardo, and that's going to be what we call our, our just kind of our, our general gift to anybody who donates is going to get Father John Ricardo reflecting on the Eucharist. I haven't done the interview yet, but I'm sure it's going to go great. Of course, he was our speaker for the Summer Speaker Series event uh, a couple of years ago, and so uh, very excited about that. Okay, so that's um, uh, coming up uh, beginning September 12th through the 15th. Source and Summit is the theme and uh, we hope that you will prayerfully consider supporting Catholic Radio uh, on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And so we'll find out from Cecil who our winner is in just a moment. And again, if you want to go to that event, and again, Jesse Romero, Father Chad Ripperger, September 29th through October 1st in Round Rock, Spiritual Warfare, the Rules of Engagement, uh, go to fullnessoftruth.org, um, fullnessoftruth.org, and you can get your tickets there. Okay, it's going to be a great event. And that resort is just outstanding. I mean, it's like a big water park, kind of like uh, Great Wolf, Wolf Lodge, but like much, much bigger than that. And so hopefully we'll see you there on that weekend. All right, let us talk about our first uh, topic here, the Bishop's Invitational Golf Tournament for Catholic School Education in the Diocese of Dallas, Monday, October 30th, Stonebriar Country Club in Frisco, Texas, uh, raising money for scholarships. Um, almost 4,000 scholarships have been awarded uh, since 2011 with this event. It's been going on a long time. Again, in studio with me are the event chairs, Kara and Peter Gian, uh, Director of Development for the Catholic Diocese of Dallas, Kelly Halashin, and also Associate Director, Events and Stewardship for the Diocese of Dallas, Robin Trowbridge, all packed into the studio. So welcome to you all. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave. All right. So, Robin, let me start with you. You've been, uh, this is your second golf tournament, and this is, 
I guess you said last year was like the biggest ever, right? Record uh, the record year, for yep. breaking. Okay. So my first year went with a big bang, so hoping to keep that and they going. They said, let's and, bring her back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and continue to break records every year. Yeah, I've uh, I've done interviews about this uh, so many times from everybody from the, the, the bishop to uh, the founders of the event. I think it's an interesting story where I think it was back in the time of Bishop Farrell where somebody came to him and he said, ah, we don't need another golf tournament. Yep. And uh, now it's turned into something pretty big. So to, other than what I've already said, can you talk about maybe the purpose and kind of the, you know, what this is all about? Yeah, definitely. Don Henry, Don Hanratty, our founder, like you said, um, you know, came in, went to Bishop Farrell. I said, last thing we need is another golf tournament. <laughs> First year, 2011, they ended up raising about $500,000 and said, oh, well, I guess we actually do need to yeah. another golf tournament. So the golf tournament was founded to raise funds to support scholarships for kids K through 8th to basically give families that wouldn't have the opportunity to get a Catholic education to give them the opportunity to get a, to get a Catholic education and support a family as a whole. So, you know, maybe they would be able to afford one student, but not another. And so mm-hmm. this was really kind of grounded to keep families together, to keep them in the Catholic education system and just give, give the opportunity to anyone and everyone that, mm-hmm. that wanted it and have it available to those that need yeah, it. Yeah. And you got a new location this year. You're going up to uh Stonebriar in Frisco. First time up yes, there. Yeah. First time we had been um, at the four seasons for probably the past 10 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, you know what? We broke our record last year. It's a new year, 2023. Let's go ahead and move it up North, change location. Um, you know, fresh new face, fresh new tournament. Mm-hmm. Clearly didn't take into account how easy it was to, for us to get over there yes. from right here. So my, my apologies. I, 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 my literally, apologies. <laughs> I literally would look out my window at our old office and out, that was the 17th hall right there. And it, and it was so cool, but it's okay. Frisco, Sorry, Frisco is a great, great place a to go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and it's a, it's a great event. It's, uh, a lot of fun. And of course, uh, a very, important part of the event are the chairs. And I think uh, I've been so blessed because I think for the last, uh, gosh, at least 10 years, the chairs have always come in and done an interview. And uh, so this uh, is a real special one because uh, Peter Guillen and his wife, Kara, are the chairs for 2023. And we all graduated Jesuit nursing together back in, uh, am I allowed to say? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of yeah. ages us, doesn't it? Uh, 1985. And so great to see you. I could, I could just sit and chat about old times forever, but that's a whole other conversation. So uh, thanks for saying yes. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So can can you all tell us what is the role of the chair? But, uh, and also uh, maybe, Carrie, you can tell us, how did you all get roped, I mean, uh, convinced to do this uh, in the first place? Because it is, among what I'm sure you all have very busy lives, it is an added responsibility, a little bit of pressure, especially since last year was so successful. But uh, tell us why you're doing it and what your role is. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll start with um, just the role of the chairs. Um, first of all, um, with uh, Robin, um, her job is to make sure the golf tournament runs smoothly. So Pete and I have it so easy um, mm-hmm. because Robin makes us look good. Um, but mostly we want to be advocates for the tournament, which is easy. We are huge advocates for um, Catholic education. Um, we know that all of the funds raised um, at the golf tournament directly benefit um, our students in our Catholic schools and the diocese. So um, makes it super easy for us to uh, to want to do that. But mm-hmm. like I said, we are just ambassadors for the tournament. Um, Robin does all the heavy lifting. She makes us uh, look good. But um, in terms of how we got involved, it was actually initially I received a phone call from Don Hanratty. And uh, Don, as Robin has alluded to, he was the founder of the tournament. And um, 
He had to do a little arm twisting. He uh, <laughs> he ultimately brought in uh, Kelly, and uh, I'll say two things. One, um, then Bishop, but of course now Cardinal Kevin. He initially wasn't sold, and Don was persuasive enough to uh, to convince Cardinal mm-hmm. Kevin. So I don't feel so bad that the Cardinal had to be convinced. So we had to be a yeah, little bit convinced. Yeah. But also uh, Kelly doesn't know this, but um, I um uh, really have enjoyed getting to know recently uh, Father Michael Bainham, um, who is a priest at St. Rita. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, a lovely, uh, very holy um, young man. And he and Kelly are friends. Mm. And um, so, so I. So Kelly had, used every trick in the right. book, didn't he? Well, I, 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 I love every card. I had always liked Kelly, but when I found out that Kelly and Father Michael were friends, I was like, all right, I, we, can't, we can't say no. We're going to do this. But yeah. we, are, um, we are thrilled and we are honored um, yeah. to be able to help in any way that we can. And I know you wouldn't have been asked, and uh, Peter, I can pull you into the conversation here, unless you know, you're know you very active in the local community. Kara already said you have a, a great great love and support of, of Catholic education. But what, what uh, even beyond Catholic education, what, how are you all involved in the local Catholic community or uh, what, what has been your involvement? Well, we uh, were members at St. Rita yeah. and uh, we've been involved. Uh, Kara is, calls herself a lifer there. I think she showed up in the first grade. Oh, yeah? Uh, okay. And so um, – We've been, uh, our family's been at St. Rita from, from day one, and uh, we got married there. And so we've had the, the, the experience of having a parish school at St. Rita. Yeah. And our family has benefited greatly from uh, the parish school environment and the, and the Catholic school environment, uh, not only there, but also um, with Jesuit and Ursuline um, for our kids as well. And it, 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 it's really just the ability to provide Catholic education to, to families that may not have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the, the, besides Don Hanratty's very effective marketing to us of the uh, chairmanship, it's also the most direct way someone can help a student that may not have the opportunity to go to Catholic school. So we really think that's a, a, an important aspect of the golf tournament and of the support that we get uh, is its direct help to families that wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise. Mm-hmm. Very good. Let me bring Kelly uh, Halashian into the conversation. He told me, I was asking about the pronunciation of his name, and he said it rhymes with Colossians. Never since you told me that. I don't think I'll ever forget that now. That's why don't, don't ask me to spell it, but uh, <laughs> I can pronounce it, okay? So uh, tell us about the Gians and uh, you know why you, you thought they were a good, good pick. Uh, um, and uh, and can maybe a little bit more about the how this tournament falls into the overall picture of development for the sure, diocese. Sure. Well, Dave, thank you so much for having us today. It's been a pleasure to to spend some time and talk about the important role that the Bishop's Invitational Golf Tournament has. And we're simply thrilled that uh, Peter and Kara have said yes to chairing this year's event. It's already proving to be very successful, um, especially as we're about two months out from, from the tournament. Um, but the, the reason that we approached uh, Peter and Kara is, is knowing that Catholic education is their top priority. Mm-hmm. You know, 
when when you have a narrow focus, um, it's easier to get the job done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so much um, other important avenues um, to support throughout the diocese, but knowing uh, that Catholic education was really at the top of the list for Peter and Kara served as a no-brainer um, to have them focused on on this year's tournament to, to allow us to grow. You know, the need for tuition assistance continues to grow. Um, our Catholic schools are thriving here in the diocese of Dallas. Our enrollment is up, um, which is terrific and a wonderful position to be in. We have a new superintendent that joined us um, in July. So the the need for tuition assistance as we continue to grow and expand is of paramount importance. And mm-hmm. uh, the Bishop's Invitational plays a key role in that um, and provides a, a significant influx of funds. But beyond that, you, you asked about just the Office of Development. You know, we work closely with our Diocesan Education Endowment Trust. And a lot of folks don't know about the Endowment Trust. And it was also established about 10 years ago, um, back in 2011, when um, you know we were looking at a concerted effort for viability and sustainability of Catholic education. And that endowment has grown from about $10 million to over $40 million. And there's a distribution from that allocation every year um, that provides an influx of tuition assistance dollars. So between the endowment and the Bishop's Invitational, we are able to distribute over $2.2 million uh, in direct tuition assistance for our families. Mm-hmm. You know, so we ask families to, to cover about a third you know, if they're in a financial need. We ask the school to cover the other third, and then the diocese is able to come in with that third um, to be able to support them, to make sure that they have access to a quality Catholic education here in the diocese. Yeah, very nice. We're talking about the Bishop's Invitational Golf Tournament for Catholic School Education website. I know, uh, Peter, you want me to remind everybody of that, bishopsgolf.org, okay? Correct. Easy to remember, bishopsgolf.org. And I, I think it's a very legitimate question to ask because nowadays, probably even more so than when we were in high school or grade school, there's a lot of options. You know, there's homeschooling, there's charter schools, so you can get a good education. There's, you know, classical schools and, um, of course, public schools as well. But uh, people may say, why, why, why is Catholic school education so important? Okay. And, uh, Kara, maybe you can speak of that. Of course, we're all products. You know, I sometimes <laughs> say, hey, like, like it or not, you know, I'm a product of Catholic school education. I went to St. Patrick's. You went to St. Rita. And did you go to St. Rita also? I uh, did not. Oh, okay. Just Jesuit. Yeah. Okay. You got to Catholic school education as quickly as you could, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, when somebody asks, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, why, why, why Catholic school education? What would you say, Kara? Sure. Uh, so I can, um, maybe two things come to mind, Dave. Uh, first, um, this past December, I just completed a six-year term as a trustee of the Catholic Foundation. And um, one of the cool things that I was able to do as a trustee was go throughout the diocese and visit um, a variety of um, churches, schools, and other um, Catholic outposts, as you will. <laughs> and um, so I got to see a number of schools that I may not have um, seen otherwise. And just to see, I remember one time I went down to St. Joseph's in Waxahachie. Mm. Um, I also went, had occasion to go to St. Joseph's in Richardson, which is cool. But um, just being able to meet um, teachers and principals um, from different schools um, all across the diocese mm-hmm. just um, really made plain for me how great our Catholic schools are. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Pete and I just decided fairly early on in our marriage that amongst the wonderful um, you know opportunities to help out um, we wanted our focus to be on Catholic education yeah and um, that six-year term that I had on the uh, Catholic Foundation uh, board just really reaffirmed that Catholic schools are where it's at um, and then just another story I'll share with you um, briefly our middle child 
is um, he's kind of a funny one, but he was <laughs> um, an early reader and um, plowed through all of the books in his kindergarten classroom um, pretty quickly. And um, his kindergarten teacher was a bit, um, uh, she was challenged to find something that would um, interest and challenge mm -hmm. him. So she sent me an email one time and she said, I'm going to take him to the library after school. This, this ain't read a library, but I'm going to take him to the library after school so I can spend some one-on-one -on -time, one -on time with him. And I'm going to find something that he is going to be excited about reading because mm -hmm. I'm tired of him rolling, <laughs> roll, rolling his eyes at me. Um, but anyway, so I got there after school at the designated time, parked my car, went in to pick him up. And there is his sweet, sweet kindergarten teacher literally on the floor of the library, the St. Rita Library. They are surrounded by um, books. And she was not getting up until he found a stack of books that he had agreed to mm. read. And I just she, – she literally was on the floor with him, and I was just – so impressed and um that sealed the deal for me yeah, um, yeah. and she there's so many stories over our you know, our oldest um now is 25 years old she started in kindergarten at saint rita but through all our years of catholic education i have so many stories of teachers like that who mm -hmm. just go the extra mile love the kiddos um are the hands and feet of christ and um i i just think i would just yeah. do about anything for a student in a Catholic school, but also for a teacher in a Catholic school. Yeah, just, yeah those are, those are great, great, great stories. Th thank you for those. Uh, we are talking about the uh, Bishop's Invitational Golf Tournament for Catholic School Education in the Dallas Diocese. It's going to be Monday, October 30th, Stonebriar Country Club in Frisco. And Robin, let me return to you and talk about the event itself. I know I have a uh, somewhere here, a timeline. Looks like it begins at 11 o'clock. What is going to actually happen that day? And, uh, you know, also about the, the golfing. Obviously, it's a golfer. And how can yeah. people register the yeah. cost and some of those things? Absolutely. Um, so, again, October 30th, uh, Stonebriar and Frisco. We are, we do a dual course shotgun start at 1 o'clock p.m. Um, we invite everyone to come out at 11.30 a.m. for lunch and check-in, and then from there they can go to the driving range. We also bring some students out from the Catholic schools to kind of give you a little extra something while you're there. Not going to, you know, mm -hmm. give give away the surprise. Uh, and then we typically wind. It's, it's a pretty quick tournament, um, so we typically end up finishing up around five o'clock. Um, so we'll have a five thirty awards and reception and which then we'll give away, you know, the, the, our, our newest award last year was the highest score. So, you know, the, <laughs> the worst golfer, <laughs> otherwise, you, you know, uh, put a, put a nice spin on it. Somebody <laughs> said it's uh, the award for honesty. Okay. Yeah. You weren't even smart enough to kind of, yeah, the most honest golfer, right? Exactly. Uh, okay. And we have the Bishop's cup, um, of course, which this year we've kind of broadened the rules for that. So uh, more people are eligible to qualify for a Bishop's Cup team. So if you want to see if you qualify, go to the website and let us know if you want to sign up to to potentially <laughs> dethrone St. Uh, Jude Chapel. I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously, uh, you know, I, yeah. I think in, in years past it's been, you know, Christ the King or St. Rita or St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Monica, St. Jude Chapel. I mean, yep. that's tiny. I mean, yep. Come on, you guys can do better. Yep. <laughs> uh, Peter, are you a golfer? Will you be actually golfing? Uh, and, and well, we'll... A follow-up question: You're in Kara's role now, and also that day. Um, what 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 are you all doing? <laughs> so, uh, so it? I'm not a a golfer. I am a uh, charity golfer. Um, I, I I'm a long-term supporter of the uh, Jesuit Magist tournament. Yeah. Um, and uh, really enjoy that tournament, which was one of the things that convinced me that being a chair of, of a golf tournament is 
something we can do. Um, but um, the I think the day of will be uh, very busy. Uh, we'll be uh, obviously running two courses, so um, I don't know the total number of foursomes, but I think we're we're about sixty, and we only have three left. Only oh, three right? foursomes oh, left. Wow. All right. Let's try to get all those done by the end of this yeah. broadcast today. Yeah, there, okay? you go. So, there you go. And once like you hit that. those, you're, you're going to have to tell people no yeah. room. Okay, so you all must yes. be doing something right. It's almost for two months away, and it's we, already We've been working out. hard, working hard. Also so. sponsorships, I'm sure, as well, right? Correct. So um, there are sponsorships available both on the course and in the printed material. Um, you can uh, access the website as well. Uh, the other thing that, that we focus on in the tournament is our named scholarship program, where people can uh, establish a scholarship um, for um, tuition assistance over a period of years, they can contribute uh, to a total amount for that scholarship. And that will once again go directly to students. But it's their opportunity to name a scholarship either for a family member, a, a, a grandparent, mm-hmm. a parent, yeah. a, a teacher. A legacy type of thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And yeah. they can support directly. Uh, if they're not a golfer, through our uh, name scholarship program. All right, very good. Again, bishopsgolf.org if you want more information. Uh, sounds like the opportunities for being in one of those foursomes is you know, dwindling quickly. And uh, just a reminder, I have in studio Kara and Peter Guillen, who are the 2023 event chairs, uh, Kelly Halashian, who is Director of Development for the Catholic Diocese of Dallas, and Robin Trowbridge, Associate Director of Events and Stewardship for the Diocese of Dallas. Last year was the biggest one ever, and they've been doing this since t- uh, 2011. Almost 4,000 scholarships have been handed out. And Kelly, once, you know, the event's done and you've raised, you know, X amount of money, the big question is who gets the scholarships and how is that? What is that process? That's a great question. Um, so again, as, as we've discussed, the, the importance is the direct tuition assistance, right? So we actually partner with our Catholic schools office and with the HALO initiative who help coordinate the distribution of those funds. So we recognize there's a lot of need. Uh, we can't serve everyone. Um, so we look at kind of the priority list as far as the students and the schools that have the need. Um, and working with the HALO initiative, they do a lot of background research and identifying uh, the tuition need among those families. And then uh, we send a distribution um, to each of those schools for those students um, in the fall and in the spring. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I know I've interviewed a lot of principals of Catholic schools, and they always say, don't let finances be a deal killer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's normally a solution. doesn't mean you're not going to have to probably pay something. And there may be a sacrifice, but they never want uh, money to be an obstacle to, you know, uh, to your to your children uh, going to Catholic schools. I I don't know who would be the one. Anybody can jump in. But my experience with Catholic schools in the Diocese of Dallas is that it's not a cookie cutter approach. There's a lot of difference. Like uh, uh, St. Paul's and Richardson is like a classical approach. And I know there are some, I want to say Santa Clara was kind of like a dual language. And so it's uh, there, there's a variety of different ways and different, you know, Robin, is that something that you could speak on? Is that it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Kelly, it's I'm you. getting pointed at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I would say is, is any family interested in, in Catholic education should should absolutely contact our Catholic schools office yeah. um, and, and really identify 
uh, the school, the program that best serves their needs. Um, you know, we certainly want to ensure that anyone who wishes to have a Catholic education has access, mm-hmm. but also that the program is the most appropriate for them. You're absolutely right. St. Paul has a classical program. It's mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, you look at uh, across the diocese, there's just so many wonderful opportunities uh, to, to support and be involved in Catholic education. So I would encourage anyone to visit our Catholic Schools Office website, call the main office uh, for the Diocese of Dallas and ask for the Catholic Schools Office. The team would be delighted to assist and, um, you know, accept uh, students uh, mm-hmm. in that process. Yeah, praise God. I know uh, Father Alphonse Nazaro, he's mm-hmm. a real uh, amazing, and when he was at All Saints, he would have some of his students come in and we do an interview with them. They're, I think they're called ambassadors at the school. Now he's, of course, at Mary Immaculate. And I just got an email the other day where some of those students are going to come in. And it's, uh, it's so good to see these kids because they're so impressive, you know, and you see this. Of course, they got good parents, but the, the Catholic school education just really forms people into, into good human beings. Uh, we're down to our last couple of minutes and I just wanted to, just give an open question, maybe the last pitch uh, from the Gians as far as maybe snapping up one of those uh, remaining three slots for the golfers or being a sponsor. Care anything else or supporting Catholic education other ways or just anything else you want to say to encourage people to participate and be involved in this uh, this event on the 30th? Yeah, sure. Um- I do think that the the tournament is unique and that obviously it is a premier experience for golfers. We have two great courses at Stonebriar and the whole on course experience is first class. The the golf is absolutely first class. The uh, golfer gifts that we have um, this year, we have a beautiful beautiful Peter Millar um, vest that um, that the sponsors are going to receive as a thank you gift. Um, everything is just is is first class and. Like I said, the on-course experience for the golfers is going to be wonderful. But as Pete mentioned, we do have opportunities for people who aren't golfers. And um, Pete and I have supported the golf tournament for a long time through um, a name scholarship um, because that's what's um, most appealing to us. So um, I just love the fact that we have great opportunities for golfers, but we also have great opportunities for folks who may not be interested in the golf. We actually have coming up um, next week, we're going to have a breakfast at um, St. Cecilia Catholic School. Mm. And um, that breakfast is actually to honor the folks who have um, established a name scholarship. And it's going to give them an opportunity to, get, to go to St. Cecilia and meet some students and meet uh, the principal there. And um, as Robin mentioned, there will be students out at the golf tournament. Um, so just a great opportunity because once you once you meet our, our students, you'll, um, you'll know um, the great things that, that um, our Catholic school's office is yeah. doing with your with your sponsor. Seeing dollars. is believing, right? Uh, Robin, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, sure. Um, I just want to, again, thank Jane and uh, Don Hanratty for starting this and dreaming this up in 2011. I mean, who would have thought that it would, you know, grow and continue to be such an incredible event and raise so much funds that it does. Um, I also want to thank Christus Health for being our title sponsor. This is their 10th year Mm. this year, um, so we're excited about that. And then I know we mentioned last year, and we're continuing it this year, we are doing our Saints and Scholars celebration. So if you're not a golfer, um, that is a dinner with both bishops that we are hosting. It's a private dinner event um, for our sponsors of $10,000 and up. So if, you know, 
again, you don't want to, you're not a golfer, but you want to get involved, we, we also offer that as kind of a side event. <coughs> Um, and can you guarantee too. it won't be 110 degrees on I, October 30th? You know what? I wish I could. Okay. I'm, I'm praying I have, really I have a hard. degree in meteorology, <laughs> and so I can guarantee that. Okay. okay perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I, I you know that, that that time of year, it's anybody's guess, but I am pretty certain it's not going to be as hot you as know, it is now. Hopefully, it won't be raining either, because I remember a few years ago, there was one that was a complete washout. Do you all remember yes. that? Yeah. yeah. I remember my friends, uh, Bill and Mary Sladek, I think, were the chairs mm-hmm. that year, and uh, we still did an interview. We still did a broadcast, but it was. I, I don't think that'll happen. Happen again. Well, thanks to all of y'all for being here. Great to see the Gians again and uh, relive the old high school days. Right. And so thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Karen Peter Gehan, uh, the uh, 2023 event chairs, and also Kelly Halashin, Director of Development for Catholic Diocese of Dallas. Of course, all good things require money. And you, you've got you've to continue to support the diocese for all the good work that they're doing. And every little bit helps. Yeah. Robin uh, Trowbridge, Associate Director of Events and Scholar Stewardship for the Diocese of Dallas. Probably the most important thing to remember is the website, right? You can find all this information, bishopsgolf.org. Bishopsgolf.org. It's very easy to remember. Thanks to all of you. It's great to see you all. And uh, Cecil, do we have a name for a winner? Um, We do. Roxanne called in and won the tickets, and she's very excited. Oh, good. Okay. And I forgot to mention, and uh, I don't want to get Eileen Kuhlman upset with me. I told her I would uh, promote again the Hope Restored Healing the Wounds of Abortion Ecumenical Conference uh, that is coming up September 13th and 14th at St. Paul Parish Center in Richardson. All interested adults. It's a very important topic, okay? People who are recovering from the wounds of abortion, whether you're working in that uh, field or you're interested or maybe you've suffered the, the pains of abortion yourself, uh, please go to prolifedallas.org slash conference, prolifedallas.org slash conference for, for more information and because I think it's going to be a great event. Uh, they have a clergy track and then they also have a um, you know, lake track, but you can go either or both days to that. All right, we are going to take a break and coming up, uh, warming up in the bullpen right now, Dr. Matt Walls, who's professor of philosophy at the University of Dallas. He's going to talk about the Adoro Tay Lecture Series beginning September 28th at the University of Dallas. They've got a whole lot of great reflections, talks by really bright people, professors at UD. And going all the way into April of next year. And so this is something you're definitely going to want to know about. The common theme is it has to do with the Eucharist as we continue to celebrate Eucharistic revival, the source and summit of our Catholic faith. So a quick break, and we'll be back with Dr. Matt Walls from the University of Dallas right after this. Attention, DFW residents. Do you love golf? Well, so do our sponsors at Catholic Pro-Life Community. Join them on September 21st at 12 p.m. at the Cowboys Golf Club on 1600 Fairway Drive in Grapevine for the 23rd Annual Pro-Life Community Golf Classic. Playing will not just benefit you, but also help change the lives for expectant mothers who chose the gift of life. For further information, visit ProLifeDallas.org. Do you need a new branding strategy that allows you to educate and engage with your local community while building trust and credibility? Decided Excellence Catholic Media offers a very unique branding platform which showcases you as the expert in your industry. Our exclusive publications are open, read, kept, and shared with thousands of readers and communities throughout Texas and nationwide. To learn more about our powerful branding solutions, please contact Doreen Chaney at dchaney at decidedexcellence.com. That's D-C-H-A-N-A-Y at decidedexcellence.com. 
Are you looking for a faith-filled community and dual language academy for your child to grow spiritually and academically? If so, discover Santa Clara of Assisi Catholic Academy for Pre-K 3 and 4 through 8th grade students located at 4550 West Davis Street in Oak Cliff. Contact Principal Laura Watson at 214-333-9423 or email lwatson at santaclaraacademy.org to schedule a tour and enroll your child for the 2023-2024 to school year. Visit santaclaraacademy.org for more information. Hi, this is Dave Palmer. I think we can all agree that we are ready for summer to be done and fall to officially arrive with cooler temperatures, festivals, and lots of great things, including the Guadalupe Radio Network Fall Sherathon. It's right around the corner, Tuesday, September 12th through Friday, September 15th, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day. The theme is Source and Summit. Please tune in, call, and support Catholic Radio on the Guadalupe Radio Network during our Fall Sherathon, beginning Tuesday, September 12th. Since 1991, the Church has directed Catholics to avoid investment in companies that violate Catholic teaching in areas such as abortion and contraception. Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors provides investments compatible with the teachings of the Catholic faith. Certified financial planner James Bell is an investment advisor representative. James can be reached by calling 817-608-7853. Sponsor of Guadalupe Radio Network, Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk. KFCAA.com for more information. Did you know we celebrate Mary's birthday? Hi, I'm Adam Bly. And I'm Debbie Giorgiani from The Spirit World. This Saturday, we will discuss the Immaculate Conception of Mary. When and how did God reveal this to the Church? In light of the feast day of Mary's Nativity on September 8th. So join us this Saturday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. On the Guadalupe Radio Network. All right, welcome back to the Good News Show here on Guadalupe Radio Network, KTH 910 AM. And this is a program where we talk about the good things that are happening here in North Texas. There's always a lot. We can't cover everything. But just a reminder also, what I mentioned uh, at the the beginning of the program is that uh, as we go into fall, uh, a lot of exciting things to, that happen in fall, like, uh, you know, fall festivals and cooler weather and football and all that kind of stuff. But we're also going to have our fall share It's going to have a theme of Source and Summit, which is awesome. We're always talking about the uh, uh, the Eucharist. And so just uh, kind of put that in the back of your mind that uh, beginning Tuesday, September 12th, uh, we're going to be having our Source and Summit uh, uh, Fall Sherathon. And I got an email last week from Claire Venegas from University of Dallas, and uh, she said that they have a, uh, a lecture series that are also having a theme of Eucharistic revival, and it's called the Adoro Te Lecture Series. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Often Dr. Jonathan Sanford will come in and talk about a particular area of life at UD. But uh, uh, in his place is Dr. Matt, Wall- Matt Walls, who is a 16-year veteran of uh, professor of philosophy at the University of Dallas, here to talk about the uh, Dorote Lecture Series. So, uh, Dr. Walls, thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Thank you, Dave, for having me. All right. So tell me, I'm just curious, uh, why did you choose philosophy? And at what point in your life did you say, I want to be a philosopher? I want to study this stuff. I certainly understand because I love it as well. But uh, uh, where did that love affair start? Uh, That love affair started, um, I would say, freshman year of college. I went to a small Catholic college in Virginia called Christendom College. And I went there intending ultimately to be a math major. 
Um, but once I read some Plato, some Aristotle, and really saw that the kinds of wonder I had at the beauty of mathematics were actually met and even, you might say, fleshed out further in philosophy, mm-hmm. that desire for the beauty of truth in a way that actually applies very uh, coherently to human life really sparked a yeah. love of philosophy in my mind. And there's a great connection between mathematics and philosophy, yes. right? Uh, Blaise yes. Pascal was a mathematician. Descartes was, right? Yes, very much. Uh, Leibniz. Uh, I, yes. Yeah, there's a, a lot of and, a lot And life. Plato himself talks a lot about that in his yeah. writings, the yeah, importance so. of the objective truth of mathematics mm-hmm. as a way into philosophy. Yeah, interesting. So what courses do you teach at UD typically, or this year, this fall, what are you teaching? This fall I'm teaching a senior seminar course to the seminarians. Um, you didn't mention this, but I also run the seminary programs oh, at right? the University okay. of Dallas, okay. and I'm on the faculty at Holy Trinity Seminary there uh, as director of intellectual formation. Oh, okay. So every year I, I tend to teach the, the classes for the seniors, the so-called capstone courses where they're writing their theses and we're reflecting this year basically on anthropology, theological and philosophical anthropology, mm, okay. trying right. to understand the human person and in particular the theology of the body. Yeah. So how do the, 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 the Adoro Tay Lecture Series, Reflections and Conversations, to seed the, nas- the na- National Eucharistic Revival. I guess, uh, first of all, I think most of our listeners know what the, the National Eucharistic Revival is, but maybe we can just talk about that. Mm-hmm. How far into it? Why was it called? What's the purpose? Your, yes. your understanding of why the USCC bishops uh, called for this in the first place. Yeah, I think the U.S. bishops have really responded to, to a great need in the church that has maybe been anecdotally known, but now is known by polls and other surveys that have been taken that the belief in the Eucharist, that that is the real and true presence of Jesus Christ, is pretty ebbing pretty low, you would say, among the faithful. And so the bishops really took the bull by the horns and really said, let's, let's do something about this. Uh, there have been Eucharistic revivals in the country for numerous years, all the way up until about 1960, I think, maybe somewhere in the early 60s was the last Eucharistic revival. So I think it's a way to jumpstart catechetics on the Eucharist, to jumpstart our love of the Eucharist, to, to encourage us to adore the Eucharist, and hopefully this revival, I think as the bishops see it, will, will encourage adoration and a renewed both uh, faith in but also love for the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And, and this lecture series is in some ways meant to feed the intellectual dimension of the faith, to provide, to provide a, an intellectual dimension to this revival. Yeah. Now, you know, the, the, the Eucharist is supernatural, right? I mean, to, to believe this, it does require faith. And I'm just thinking from a standpoint of, you know, your your kid comes to you or your friend or next door neighbor or parishioner and says, oh, I, I don't believe in the the, 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 the yeah. real presence of the Eucharist. And it's kind of a conundrum because it is it does require supernatural faith, which we can't earn. Right. Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah. But at the same time, there is some educational catechetical ways, which I think would probably be much of the purpose of this event. So what is that kind of balance between what we can know on a natural level and teach somebody? And ultimately, it's, it's going to be require a leap of faith, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, 
I was actually thinking about this right before I entered the room in terms of the way the Eucharist brings together both the deepest mysteries of God, but in such an accessible way. We know the importance of a meal. We know the value of a sacrifice. And the Eucharist brings both of those together, and it does so in ways that use the materials that are so basic to human life, bread and wine, things that have been with us from the beginning of human existence, mm-hmm. it seems. And, and of course, you can return to the Gospels and see how this was such a part of the Jewish tradition, and it's building off of this long history of a meal together, the Passover meal in particular. So there's so many human and accessible ways of approaching the Eucharist that would make sense in terms of that. But you're right. On top of that, you might say, the reality of it is divine. Mm -hmm. And so the eyes of faith that can be fed by that humanly accessible way of understanding the Eucharist, nonetheless, does require that trust that Jesus's words about our our requirement, as it were, to eat his flesh and drink his blood, we must believe those words. Mm -hmm. We must believe Jesus ultimately in what he says, both in the gospel and at the Last Supper itself. You mentioned that the belief in the Eucharist is, I think the words you use, ebbing pretty low. Uh, Why do you think that is? Uh, What's, uh, you know, the cause of that in your opinion? I would, I mean, I think we've had, we've had some serious issues with catechesis. I, I think um, these, these are not new. This was a, a grave concern in the post-conciliar period, how to address the question of catechesis. It was even there in the uh, papacy of Paul VI, who released a, a beautiful document on evangelization and catechesis, Evangelii Nunciandi. John Paul II was quite concerned about catechesis, which is why we came out with this beautiful catechism. So I think in some ways, to me at least, when it comes to the Eucharist, the Eucharist at a young age can become quite understandable. It is a mystery, so I don't want to say it can be comprehended. But I think young children can receive it pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, And especially if you can talk about it in terms of a meal and what bread is and, and tie it to the history of the Old Testament and all those things. So I do think it's really been a failure of catechesis. Mm -hmm. Now, why does catechesis fail? Ultimately, it has to do with the strength of our faith and whether we believe sufficiently to want to pass that on as not just, uh, you know, enough to get them to believe, but to fall in love with the Eucharist, to be consistent in that catechesis, to bring it into our families, to, you know, maybe have a habit of going to Mass more than once a week, other ways in which you can make that catechesis have real-life effects. Yeah. You mentioned about the children. I think most children accept it. You know, uh, yeah. we have a, a 10-year-old, you know, special needs son, and we tell him it's Jesus, and mm-hmm. he, he believes it. I think that's why, you know, Jesus said we must become like little children, yeah, yeah. right? Because we overthink things since we get to be adults. Yeah, children are very trusting. And the Eucharist, on the one hand, requires a lot of trust. But on the other hand, as I hope this lecture series will begin to bring out, it is such a... Uh, the best way for me to describe it is such an intelligible sacrament. It's a sacrament that has so much truth in it and is so approachable and so human that the, the, the demand of faith, I don't want to say it's easy, but it becomes way more natural 
Mm-hmm. And you understand, like, yes, of course, one who loves us would want to share a meal with us and give us as much as possible, give himself to us as much as possible. Yeah. Dr. Matt Wallace is my guest, professor of philosophy at the University of Dallas. Uh, we always, on the fourth Monday of the month, uh, have what we call the UD segment of the Good News Show. And that's what we're doing today. We're talking about the Adoro Te Lecture Series, Reflections and Conversations to Seed the National Eucharistic Revival. Uh, it's going to be this um, fall season, uh, going into the spring of next year as well. And as I look at the the people who are speaking and the topics, and it's just so broad. You've got philosophical reflections, theological, medieval, poetic, scriptural, spiritual. It's... Um, it's really uh, quite a lineup. Uh, how did this all come about, or what was the you know kind of the the genesis of it? Yeah, so um, a friend of mine had uh, got together a bunch of people at his home, and and they actually had a presentation on the National Eucharistic Revival, and this friend tasked everyone to think about what they can do. Uh, and as I was sitting there thinking about that at that very night, I came up with this idea, let's, let's have a, series, a lecture series at the University of Dallas. And there are a few things that I wanted it to do that are so unique to the University of Dallas. One that uh, Dave already indicated, I wanted it to be interdisciplinary, by which I mean I wanted very different perspectives on the Eucharist. So there's philosophical and theological perspectives. Those are maybe the most obvious but I also wanted historical ones. What did the Eucharist look like in the Middle Ages? Poetic reflections. We will have a lecture on the Eucharist and Shakespeare in the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins. We'll look, of course, at Scripture, and then we'll look at Eucharist in the spiritual life. So to me, it was really important for this to be a distinctively University of Dallas event to bring into conversation about the Eucharist all these different perspectives, which would represent professors of English literature, professors of philosophy, professors of theology, professors of history. So to me, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a smorgasbord of, of beautiful reflections on the Eucharist. And what I think I wanted to teach from a, from a sort of catechetical point of view in the broadest sense of that word is just how rich the Eucharist is. It has affected all these areas. It's affected art, obviously, poetry, philosophy, theology, history, to really see that the Eucharist is not just a theological topic. Mm -hmm. It's an incredibly Christian topic, and therefore it's as human as it can be. (laughs) And so I wanted to bring out all these different dimensions. And, of course, uh, these wonderful professors who, you know, will, will make this much more public in the coming weeks, the names are these these beautiful professors at the University of Dallas who believe deeply in the Eucharist and see in their own disciplines approaches to make that mystery much more accessible, much more understandable, and ultimately much more lovable. Yeah, yeah, and it starts uh, September 28th at the University of Dallas uh, with Dr. Christopher Myris speaking on Christus Poeta, the Eucharist as a divine work of art, and then uh, none other than Dr. Matthew Walls is going to be speaking as well, the fulfillment of all eating. So, yeah, other- the, Just one thing about that. I wanted it also to be a conversation. So we're going to have two rather brief lectures. We don't want it to be a lot of lecturing going on. And then the two presenters for that night will sit down and have a mediated conversation. Um, so it's going to be both 
that's why it's called reflections and conversations because I really it's a it's a way to invite the audience there into those reflections by way of conversation question and answer and those things what would you say there's probably people like oh these are these really bright you know UD professors and I'm just going to go there I don't know what I could contribute to a conversation like that what would you say to those people who don't think that intellectually they're going to be where they need to be for something like this it's open to all right yeah open to all these are open to the public and as I said, we'll be advertising this on the website soon. Um, yeah, it's hard to, to know what to say to that as a teacher. Your first reaction to every question is, of course, this is a longing of your heart to know this. Do not be afraid to answer this, ask this question of us. Um, so also maybe being there and listening to what I hope are going to be very accessible lectures I've really encouraged the professors to think about how this can be sort of universally approached by by the public as well as, of course, there will be students and faculty there. Um, but I hope that that itself, making the Eucharist as as accessible as possible, will invite a kind of question out of those who attend, that they'll be, they will be, in fact, put on fire to want to know more about the Eucharist. And in some ways, that's the fundamental uh, goal of this series is to to encourage greater knowledge of the Eucharist with a view to falling in love more deeply with this this beautiful mystery of the faith. Mm-hmm. What about age groups? If somebody has a bright high school kid or grade school, is this something for young people? Yes, for sure. Yeah? Yes. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm thinking of the way that um, my own lecture, it's called The Fulfillment of All Eating. Food is something we can all talk about. And I'm not going to make it some highly philosophic reflection on food. You have to think about food and its its place in life and what it means to eat and share a meal. Um, so each of these lectures, I think, are going to be quite uh, accessible. And I notice you have priests, you have religious sisters, you have laymen, laywomen. Is that yes. intentional to have kind of a, a broad variety of types of people yes, who are speaking? Yes, we, want, we wanted a number of different voices here, both male and female, of course. And we're lucky, of course, at the University of Dallas to have Cistercians across the street. And now we have Nashville Dominicans on our faculty. So I wanted these various religious groups to be represented as well because, of course, in many ways, their lives are centered on the Eucharist, and they'll, they'll have much wisdom to offer us. And as you mentioned, you've got uh, two people per discipline. Mm-hmm. And I, as they, you know, let's say, for example, I've already mentioned uh, Dr. Myris and, and yourself, Theological Reflections, uh, Dr. Irene Alexander and Dr. Chris Malloy, do, yeah. do they, do they kind of collaborate? And, uh, you know, the, the, the topics, are they just random or is there some connection inherently in the in the topics that they choose yeah there's there's a, i'd almost want to say and i don't mean this in a bad sense minimal collaboration we didn't want overlap so we have asked people to make sure that there's not a lot of overlap but in the case of like theology irene alexander is a moral theologian christopher malloy is a dogmatic systematic theologian so there we wanted a couple of different perspectives uh, I could go through the list, and you could see that we're trying to bring out different elements of that that approach. Um, so, Irene Alexander will be talking about the nuptial meaning of the Eucharist. Like, what does it mean to think about the Eucharist in terms of sort of a morality of marriage and living up to uh, nuptial life? Yeah. Whereas Chris Malloy will be thinking about it probably from a much more ecclesiological perspective. What is the place of the Eucharist in the church? So each of these lectures, partly having these two perspectives within a certain perspective, 
is intentional to bring out more and more of that richness. Mm -hmm. And obviously you'd love for people to come to one and come to all of them, but is the intention, I guess, to get them out to the first one and then they just kind of keep coming back? Yeah, that would be the hope. It's every month, September, October, November, and then February, March, and April. So six total, two presenters each, two topics each. And, um, and and all of that, as as maybe the audience may or may not know, but next summer is where there's the gathering for the Eucharistic Revival in Indiana. So this is all preparatory for that, and hopefully this will, maybe people will uh, take it upon themselves to make the trip to the Eucharistic Revival. I would imagine if you, if you went to all these uh, events, <laughs> you would be very fired up yes. to do that. Wow, what a great idea. I mean, what the, the fact that you were inspired to do this, and I, I'm guessing it's no charge, right? No charge. No charge. And what time and location for you? So these? these are going to be on the UD campus. Uh, the room will be announced, but they're likely to be on uh, evenings at 7 o'clock. Okay. Um, and that's, again, I, I we are still ironing out some of those details, so yeah. I don't, uh, we will have this on the website soon enough, but we're thinking usually evening events. Right. On Thursdays. Yeah. And, and if people go to udallas.edu, uh, what do they do to find this information? Yeah, so we have a calendar. You can click on a calendar, or um, maybe I could share with Dave later. Uh, we'll probably set up a website dedicated to this as well. Yeah, Claire sent me the attachment that has all the details. So if anybody wants to just email me directly, I can at least give you the sure. talks and you know what I have. You can uh, email me Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Do you want to brag about UD at all? I mean, uh, we, we love talking about uh, <laughs> what, what's, uh, what's you know, you know, this is the UD segment. I have a, my master's from UD and all that. Mm-hmm. Of course, you've been teaching there for 16 years. Got to just have a couple minutes, well, about a minute or so. What's, what's special about this university? Oh, this university is, is sort of beautifully Catholic in, in the full sense of that word. It's, it's so human. It's so uh, enriched by the faith, both in terms of the sacramental life, but I would say especially the intellectual life. It's a, it's a university that takes very seriously the fact that in the long run, the intellectual dimension of our faith really becomes that which informs culture. Mm-hmm. And so there's a kind of rigor and, and uh, demand on the students at UD to to become as intellectually charitable and wise as possible. Our, we, we state as our ends uh, for the mission that we seek truth, virtue, and wisdom as the ends of education. And the, the curriculum rooted in the, the treasures of the Western civilization and the Catholic intellectual tradition really bring that out of the students. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Dr. Matt Walls, professor of philosophy at the University of Dallas. It's called the Adoro Te Lecture Series. Is that um, um, adore him? Is that- yeah, adoro te means I adore thee, which is the beginning of St. Thomas's great hymn to the oh, okay. Eucharist. Maybe you've heard it in uh, English as Godhead here in hiding. Which- oh. Uh, so the Adorote names the great hymn that Thomas wrote to the Eucharist as part of the Corpus Christi celebration. Yeah, probably should have been my first question, but hey, we, we, got, we got it in nonetheless, <laughs> yes. right? Okay, well, thank you very much, Dr. Wallace. Also, thanks to uh, Claire Venegas for lining this up. And uh, you can learn all about this by going to udallas.edu. You can email me directly. I can send you the information, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. 
And uh, I think that's going to be about do it. Uh, thanks to Cecil Anderson. Do you have anything to say, Cecil? Or? Yes, I just wanted to say because I was answering the phone call earlier uh, for the Sharathon that we do still need some volunteers. And oh, I just wanted yeah. to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, our morning shift is in need of at least three more volunteers. Uh, so our morning shift, and that is the date, oh my gosh, that is Thursday. September 14th, 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 14th right, September yeah. 14th, um, from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, we have the call center in Dallas that day, and I'm looking for three more people to answer the phone calls. You get breakfast and lunch, and uh, we try to entertain you, but you are taking calls from our donors, meet new friends. It's a lot of fun. And then at least one more person for the afternoon shift as well. All right. Very good. Well, thank you, Cecil. And again, you can email kth at grnonline.com. That'll go to me and to Cecil, kth at grnonline.com. All right. That'll do it. Thanks uh, for everybody listening. We'll see you next Monday, God willing, for the next Good News Show. And thank you for your support of uh, great things like the Bishop's Golf Tournament, the University of Dallas, and Guadalupe Radio Network. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.